Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue, and I am author of Violet Howe, and my special guest today is someone very near and dear to my heart who works for an organization very near and dear to my heart. Um, I have asked Richard Murgo, who is Director of Development for the Sunshine Foundation, to join us today. I've been volunteering with Sunshine Foundation on and off since 2008. They are an absolutely wonderful organization, and I wanted to let you all know a little more about them. So, Rich, why don't you say hello and tell us about the Sunshine Foundation? Well, hello. Thank you for having me today. Appreciate sure. it. Sure. Um, the Sunshine Foundation, uh, we're actually the very first wish-granting charity in America. We formed back in 1976 up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And what we do is we answer dreams to children that have lifelong chronic illnesses and conditions um, from income-limited families. So it's families that don't qualify or children that don't qualify for any other national wish-granting organization. Okay. And um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the reasons that they don't qualify is several of the national wish-granting organizations require it to be a terminal illness or a life-threatening illness. And you guys look at chronic lifelong illnesses. I believe you're the only national organization, wish-granting organization that does that. So you answer wishes for children with like maybe Down syndrome or blindness or the loss of a limb or traumatic brain injury or muscular dystrophy, like those, those conditions that will affect um, their quality of life and affect them for the rest of their life, but maybe aren't immediately life-threatening. Is that correct? Yeah, it's definitely correct. So it's okay. And I also heard you mention economics. So tell me about that. Tell me what you guys do as far as taking into consideration economics. Yeah. So we, you know, our founder Bill Sample, he always wanted the the wish or the dream that we answer to be for families that truly deserve, um, you know, a gift or a trip but necessarily can't afford it because, you know, the medical bills, the financial hardship that the chronic illness puts on the family, you know, definitely affects the brothers and sisters and the whole family. So, so we have income limitations on our families that truly targets the ones that couldn't afford to do something like this for their own child. Which I think is awesome. And I, I think you bring up such a great point and it was something that I was really struck by um, in my time, you know, working with the foundation. Um, the entire family is affected when there's a diagnosis like this given. It may be, um, I mean, obviously it definitely affects them financially and then affects what the rest of the family can do. So things like gymnastics lessons or playing baseball or musical instruments, like those types of things may be put on hold for siblings because of the strain on the family with time and finances. Um, anytime that the parents have vacation time or time off work, that may be used for surgeries or for therapy or for treatments. So those are things that, again, it really affects the entire family. So I think it's awesome that you guys include the family. So like, for instance, if someone's wish that they wanted granted was to come to Walt Disney World, you actually bring the whole family, correct? Exactly. So anybody that lives in the household uh, with the child that's under age 18, plus the fa the parents, uh, we cover all the expenses. So the airfare, the rental car, the van with the lift gate for wheelchair accessibility, uh, food, souvenir money, and give them a, a place to stay. And we do a, a six-day trip for them to do all the theme parks here in Central Florida. Um, so we yeah, we try to take any burden away from from the family for having a wish come true. So, so which is awesome because then they don't have to feel um, you know guilty or conflicted about having that trip. And I actually um, I was very fortunate. One of my roles that I volunteered with with the foundation was to be able to kind of interview the families after they left from their dream trips and be able to kind of find out a little bit about their trips and 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 
write up newspaper articles for them. And I remember one time a family saying that the child who had the diagnosis was actually very happy that they were the reason everyone got to come to Disney World because um, the mom expressed to me that this child often felt guilty that everyone's life revolved around her hospital appointments, her doctor appointments, her condition, what she could do, what she couldn't do. And this was a time when having that condition actually allowed her brothers and sisters to do something fun. And so I think that was that was a very cool um, aspect or a very cool angle that I hadn't really considered before. So um, now we talked about... Go ahead. I was going to say, we hear so many stories when the families are leaving about how this little six-day trip changed their lives. You know, things that they saw, you know, they their children laughing and playing and all forgetting for a little short period of time that they have a serious condition or a lifelong disability. And it just made the family feel like a like a regular family for once. And just, just seeing their kids be happy just... You know, it makes a huge impact on Well, and I think there's um, there's like so much I want to discuss with you, and like, things keep popping in my head, and I don't <laughs> want us to jump all over the place. But I think that um, I, I think one of the another story that I know from from my time with the foundation was about a husband who had been working two jobs, you know, trying to do everything he could in order to help the family make ends meet financially. The mom had had to quit her job and stayed at home to be a full time caretaker for their son. And, and while they were on this vacation or while they were on this trip, the dad actually had more, much more of a hands-on role in taking care of his son physically. And that he expressed to, to one of the, the people at the foundation that it really opened his eyes as to what his wife went through on a daily basis. And he had kind of felt like, okay, I'm working two jobs. I'm pulling the weight here. But he said that having that experience really changed the way he looked at his wife, the way he looked at, you know, the sacrifice his wife was making, the commitment his wife was making, and really kind of changed the way he looked at his marriage. So I think some people may look at this and go like, oh, you're sending them to Disney World. How is this really doing anything? You know, great. But it's so much bigger than that. It's what you said of, of like being able to see children laughing and playing and having some type of family experience that's not tied around the medical condition or not limited, um, you know, by the medical condition. And also like being able to mend relationships and giving people that time together. So and, um, the families that we, you know, we work with and we, we get to hear their stories. Um, they, they, you know, they just some of the part that they talk about is that this family experience where they got the bond and just be a family for a while. It's, they look back, you know, the ones that have come through and then years later, they, they come back to us and tell us about their experience, how their child still, whenever they're going through something rough, cause they're going to have challenges their whole life. So more surgeries, more therapies, more treatments. And anytime they're getting ready for something traumatic, they, pull back out the pictures and they reminisce and it just helps them just get through that next struggle that they're going through. I think one of the other things that's important to realize is that not every diagnosis is visible on the outside. So some of these children, the conditions that they have may have to do with their digestive system. It may have to do with their lungs. It may have to do with a developmental delay. It may have to do with something that's not easily visible to the outside world, and yet it's still something that the family is dealing with. And so it puts a lot of strain, you know, puts a lot of stress. And so I think that being able to come away, being able to get away from that and have something um, 
is very important. Now, we've talked a lot about these trips to the theme parks, because as you said, that's the number one request that you get. Where do they stay when they come for the theme parks? Let's talk about the Sunshine Foundation Dream Village. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, the Sunshine Foundation Dream Village is a 22-acre resort in Central Florida. It's about 15 miles south of the Magic Kingdom entrance, and um, it's designed to be accessible for children at any ability level. So everything we have here is 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 as easy to to move around. And the cottage we have nine themed cottages on property where the families stay. Each cottage has two bedrooms and one bathroom and has a different theme inside of them. Uh, like we have a Legoland cottage, we have a pirate's cottage, a Christmas cottage, a space cottage is probably our most requested one, and then uh, all each one has a different theme just to bring a little bit of magic, uh, you know, when they're here, just to escape from reality and play and use their imagination and just give them that escape to somewhere that's different from home and different from their hospitals and therapy rooms and, and places like that. Um, because our the, the child's dream is the theme park, so we want to make sure they get the most out of the, all the theme parks that they can do. Because the, it's more likely a once in a lifetime trip for most of these families, because they could never afford to do it on their own. Uh, most of them have never been on an airplane before or out of their home city, um, so or home state. So we try to make everything as magical as possible and just give them that peaceful retreat with a little bit of magic to it. And when you say that they're accessible, like, um, correct me if I misspeak on any of this, but I know like the pool has wheelchair accessibility. Um, it also has like a gradual, um, what do you call that? Gradual zero, incline or gradual zero entry. Zero, zero entry so that, you know, yeah. that's, that's not a problem. The playground um, has ramps and everything is wheelchair accessible for the playground. Yeah, even the swing um, uh, has the wheelchair accessibility so they can... They can Which swing is next to their awesome. brother and yes, because somebody in a wheelchair can swing. The cabins themselves have like, you know, roll-in showers. They have the widened doorways and widened hallways. So rather than put the family in a hotel where it may be something that, that, that makes it hard on them or makes them have a hardship with trying to get around, these cottages, like they literally can come back from the theme park and be completely relaxed, have the space for everybody to kind of, you know, do their own thing. They can prepare meals. Like if their children have special dietary concerns, there's a little kitchenette in each cottage. So it really is an, an ideal situation for them to have a home away from home. With yeah, we actually had a, a young boy who was probably maybe 15 when he was here. Uh, they were from New Jersey and, um, he was in an electric wheelchair. I think he had muscular dystrophy, um, so he was in an electric wheelchair. And at home, they lived in an apartment complex, and they had to take the elevator up to their house, up to their their room, and and everything was a, a big ordeal to get him to go out, you know, for any type of excursion. You know, even just go shopping yeah. or anything was always a big ordeal to get the ramps and get everything ready and get get him out of the house but when he was here everything was accessible so he every day he would just be going around the whole property on the sidewalks and just you know on his own he just loved the freedom that he felt being here and the village itself is in somewhat of a rural area so there's like trees and there's grass and the the grounds themselves are beautiful on top of these cottages looking like little fairy tale cottages like the grounds have like sloping hills and there's landscaping all which of is maintained by volunteers like completely maintained by volunteers as far as keeping everything landscaped and keeping everything clean and all that stuff done but um i just i think that you mentioned that for some of these kids it may be their first trip out of town for some of them it's their first time on an airplane and and I know 
even even for someone who is not dealing with a medical diagnosis, going to Walt Disney World can be quite a lot of sensory overload. There's so many sounds, there's so many people, there's the crowds, there's the heat. So I think it's very it's very cool that this village is so close and they're able to they they could leave the theme park and come back to the village and relax and have you know some time in the air conditioning in the pool like it's close enough that they could could do that and have downtime when they needed it exactly because some of the families like you mentioned they can't handle all the stimulation and the heat and so a lot of them will they'll go in the mornings they'll come back in the afternoon and just relax and swim and play and then they'll go back for fireworks at night so so it's easy accessible to get in and out and get to all the theme parks um you know we're right in the middle of all of the four major theme parks here so so it's definitely a great location and it's so peaceful here where they can just really relax and yes. forget about everything for a little bit of time and it's close enough that they can go to legoland i know lego legoland has been a great partner with the sunshine foundation and and they actually sponsor you know have sponsored a remodeling of a cottage there and um so the kids are able to go to legoland they're able to go to sea world to universal so um, it's really a convenient area. Now, I did want to touch on, I wrote a note here when you said, um, when you mentioned that for a lot of these kids, it's their first airplane trip, let's talk about Dream Flight, because I think Dream Flight is one of the coolest things that Sunshine Foundation does, and I have had the opportunity to participate in that, and it's 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 amazing. So tell us about Dream Flight. Well, it's actually our Dream Lift. Dream Lift. See, oh. how funny. Like, I've done it so many times, I don't <laughs> even know the right name of it. So, Dream uh, Lift. Yeah, uh, so that's the official name of it. Uh, but we do once a year, at least once a year, we do a Dream Lift, which is a chartered jet. Um, and we bring about 100 special That's needs donated. Built. The chartered yep, jet is donated. Yep, yep the jet's donated. Um, we All we pay for, really, is the theme park tickets and and uh, some souvenirs. But, but. Uh, we bring about 100 special needs children down to Disney World for one day, and they get to go to the Magic Kingdom. They arrive early in the morning, and then they uh, spend the, a full day at, at the park, and then fly home that night. So it's a it's a fun fun-filled day, and and uh, it's for kids that there's two types of kids that are on the Dreamlift mostly. Either ones that are too severely ill that their physicians hadn't haven't cleared them to spend a whole week long trip in Florida. Um, or it's the kids that may have conditions that are a little bit that don't meet our full criteria for uh, for the full dream program. So kids that have okay. a developmental delay or or uh, you know a learning disability and and you know things that are you know still disadvantaged but they might not qualify for the full dream program. Okay, and I know um, I've been out there with you before when that plane comes in, and um, usually there are some characters from local theme parks that are out there there's usually volunteers out there waving yeah. and clapping um the couple of times that i've been like there's been like fire trucks out there with the hoses going and when these kids get off that airplane i'm literally getting goosebumps just talking about it because when these kids get off that airplane the level of excitement is just off the charts yeah. like they're some most of them i think have probably flown for the first time they're coming to disney world there's all this excitement like it's just it is something that i feel so honored to have experienced because just the the looks of sheer bliss and joy and anticipation on their faces is amazing yeah it's a it's definitely a fun day for everybody involved the volunteers love it as well you know they get to get to see the, the, the kids up close and personal and get the high five them and you know it's just a fun fun day when they're getting off the plane and getting back on it in the evening um and we so actually to... have done 97 dream lifts now over the last wow. two years so yeah. 
Wow, that's amazing. And that's, again, that's, it's, it's one of the things that, that really uh, is amazing about the Sunshine Foundation is you guys are all volunteer. Like you run on a very minimal staff, which if anybody goes on to look at, you know, the charity watchdog organizations and the people that pay attention to how the money is spent and where all the money goes, you guys, the administration costs, the cost of your fundraising, like things like that, you guys work very hard to keep that low. And yeah, I know that's hard. because Bill, your founder, really wanted every dollar possible to go towards the kids. Yeah, exactly. So we're very proud of our ratings on all the the, the big watchdogs. There's one called CharityWatch.org, which is the strictest watchdog of all national charities. And we're always a top rated charity in the terminally and chronically ill category. So. So we're very proud. We work really hard to make sure our, you know, every dollar that we raise, it goes directly to, you know, the, the kids and their families and make sure their dreams come true. So. so any projects that you do at the village, any dreams that you provide, anything like that, that's, that's strictly from donations and from exactly. volunteer sweat and tears. <laughs> yeah, Dream Village so. is uh, a great place to volunteer. You can volunteer as an individual. You can come out with your church group or your rotary and kiwanas or um, your organizations, your your companies that you work for. We do all types of projects out here and we have, you know, groups as small as two people up to 150 people at a time. So, so. We, and if and if you're not local, if you're not local to the Orlando area, you can even go like something as easy as Amazon. Like you guys have the the village has a wish list on Amazon, so people could go on and buy supplies that you need. Obviously, with that many cottages and families coming in and out, you need paper towels, you need Clorox, you need laundry detergent, like all those types of things that help greatly because that you know reduces the cost of running the village. So that there's so many ways for people to help. How much does it cost to sponsor a dream? Like if someone wanted to sponsor an entire dream, okay. how much is that? Well, the average cost of a dream is $5,000 and that covers okay. the airfare, like the rental vehicles, the, you know, everything that's involved with the dream. Uh, the tickets, the like tickets, a gift card for them to eat, things yeah, like that. Souvenir money, um, gas money, parking money, everything. So um, it covers all the expense and that's on the low side. You know, the kids coming from, Washington State and California, you know, are going to be more expensive than the kids coming from Florida, but it all equals averages out to about 5000 per family. Okay. And if somebody didn't have 5000 but they wanted to, to help out the Sunshine Foundation, obviously, like I said, you know, anything like an Amazon wish list or just whatever amount that you wanted to give to the Sunshine Foundation, but you also have dreams that are not theme park visits. So exactly. tell me some of the other things that you've done for kids that had nothing to do with the theme parks. Yeah, we, um, you know, like I said, we answer any type of dream. Uh, the most common one is the theme parks, of course, but we do shopping sprees. We do meet and greets with celebrities, uh, computers. Um, we've had bedroom makeover. Bedroom you know, you had makeover. one little girl that wanted a bedroom makeover. Yep. And that was a fun one that we did here locally as well. Um, and we actually, last year, a little girl up in Minnesota, her dream was to have a two-story dollhouse playhouse outside. And so... She's this little girl, and she ha I can't remember the name of the condition. It's, it's one of those ones you can't pronounce. But she was born with um, her hands never formed properly, so she doesn't have all, all of her fingers. Um, and in the, one of the pictures they sent us of her in front of her dollhouse, she's wearing a T-shirt that says, Ten Fingers Are Overrated. That's <laughs> a, you know, the kids, you know, they just want to be kids. They, you know, they're, they don't know anything different, so they, you know, they, they just want to have fun and play and, and, you know, she had a great, 
great attitude about everything. So. I think that's definitely one of the most amazing things is that you see some of these kids have conditions that I had never heard of that I would have to look two or three times to make sure I was spelling it correctly if I wrote an article about them. Um, sometimes I'd have to look up the condition just to kind of figure out what was going on. And, and yet they just have the most amazing attitudes. For a lot of them, like you said, they don't know any different. Um, I remember that there was a little boy, and I don't know the name of his condition, but I know that he basically did not have, you know, muscular control. Um, and he loved dolphins and they took him to be able to meet the dolphins and interact with the dolphins at SeaWorld and just the absolute joy that this kid got from, from that interaction. Um, so it's, I don't know. I, I, I also remember that there was a little girl who had a dream granted or had a wish granted through the Sunshine Foundation. And it had such a profound effect on her that she started her own lemonade stand to try to raise money for her to, to grant a wish for another child. And I think that's absolutely amazing. That yeah, this she's, actually, girl... she's had, I think, maybe seven lemonade stands and cupcake stands uh, now. And she's raised over $20,000 for more drinks. That's amazing. She, See, that's absolutely amazing. She's, uh, yep. So, so in, in order, like, you know, her being able to have her wish granted and seeing what joy that brought to her and her family inspired her. And so I just think that's, I think that's amazing. I think the, I think the Sunshine, Sunshine Foundation is one of the most amazing organizations. I keep saying amazing, um, that I've ever come across. I absolutely love this foundation. And I think what you guys do, the people that you serve, the people that volunteer there, it's just so inspiring. Um, and the fact that you do it completely on volunteers and, and the funds that you bring in, um, you guys don't do a lot of advertising. You don't do a lot of things that would use the budget on getting the word out. You're predominantly word of mouth. Exactly. You're predominantly things that happen from, you know, from people who volunteer there telling other people. Really, the only major fundraiser that you do is your gala. You have a gala each year. Yep, so. Yep. What's coming up with the gala this year? That's in October, correct? Yep, October 13th at the Omni Orlando Resort in Champions Gate, Florida, which is right down the street from the Dream Village here in Central Florida. Um, it's our biggest fundraiser for the year, and it's it's a fun night of uh, you know auction items and cocktails and dinner and entertainment, and uh, it's just a great way for all of our donors and sponsors to get together and have a great night and also make a lot more dreams come true. So we rely heavily on on people to donate certificates and, and attend and you know all that kind of stuff just to make it make us raise as much money as we can for the kids. Okay, so like you have, I know you have um, a, a silent auction, like where people can walk around and look at auction items. So yep. people could definitely help out by donating um, unique items for that or popular items for that. People could could help out by donating, you know, money towards that towards the the gala itself. Um, I do know some people say like, oh, well, why hold a gala? Like, obviously, the money that you're spending on it. But you guys work very, very hard to spend as little money as possible. I've been on your gala committee before, and yep. I know how hard it is to pull off an event like this because you make sure that the alcohol is donated, the entertainment is donated, the decor items as much as possible are donated, um, the auction items are donated. So really, you're spending what it costs you for the food, which people, you know, are obviously paying for their, their ticket that helps to cover that cost for the food. So you're not going and spending a ton of money on the fundraiser itself in order to raise funds. Like you're, you really keep your costs very low for that. Exactly. We, that's how we, the whole foundation runs. We try to 
do as much as we can without spending as much, you know, hardly any. So, so we rely heavily on corporate groups and volunteers and people just help us get everything donated possibly to make, make it a fun night, but, but not spend any money. <laughs> That's awesome. Thing. What is your theme this year? You know, as a former event planner, I'm all about a theme. So yeah. what is your theme? Yeah, every this year, year we have a gala? different theme. We try to make it fun. This year we're doing steampunk, which awesome. is uh, going to be fun. We got some great characters and great volunteers that are going to be out in full costume. And we have a time machine that's going to be uh, in, in the lobby. It's, it's just going to be a fun night and we have some great entertainment plans. So very out. cool. Now, can guests who who buy a ticket can they come dressed in steampunk? Oh yeah, costume? we're actually encouraging people to to add steampunk elements fun. to their attire. Very very fun. And special raffle prizes if they so. just for showing up and with some steampunk. So that's so gonna be okay. fun. Okay. So if people wanted to buy a ticket to the event, um, how much is a ticket, and how do they find out about the event? I know people can do. Um, you can do multiple tickets, and yep. you can do sponsorships for different things at the event. But but how do they find out about that? Well, if you go to sunshinefoundation.org, um, on our main page at the bottom, there's the event links. Uh, it takes you right to the event page. Um, tickets are $150 individually, um, and then corporate tables of 10 start at $1,500. Um, okay. But it, it's definitely a fun night, and... And it helps us answer, I think last year we answered 18 dreams just from the Dream Village, uh, from the uh, the gala. So That's incredible. And you actually have, usually you have some of the children who are recipients of the dreams. If there are children at the village during the time of the gala, then you have them yep, there, they, right? They, we always invite them to attend. And for the ones that do attend, um, we extend their trip by an extra day. So there's never a... It doesn't, doesn't take away from their with, vacation. It doesn't take away from their trip at all, but it gives awesome. them a little extra fun night uh, to see uh, how it's all done behind the scenes so and and the, the kids love it too that's a great experience for everybody well I know I don't I don't think we mentioned I know we mentioned um, Bill Sample who yeah. um, was our founder and um, I say our because I, I feel like I'm part of the Sunshine Foundation um, I think all of us who volunteer feel like we're part of it that part of the family but um, Bill was a policeman yeah. in the Philadelphia area and um, and worked at a children's hospital. He was a policeman, and he was was he stationed at the children's hospital? Yeah, yeah. one of, of his uh, his uh, spots that he was stationed at was St. Christopher's Hospital in downtown Philadelphia. And this was back in the late 60s, early 70s, when he was a police officer down up there. And uh, he was always the guy that wanted to make people laugh. He just had a great sense of humor. And when the families would be coming in to get ready for surgeries or treatments or checking in, he would be the one that would always take the child to the side and just try to make them less anxious just by joking around with them a little bit. And then he had found out um, one of the little boys up in Philadelphia at the time had leukemia. And he, you know, back in the 70s, that was a disease that most kids didn't make it through. Right, um, right. And he had found out that little boy, Bobby, his dream was to play in the snow. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this dream happen. So he got some money together and some volunteers and they took Bobby and his family up into the mountains of Pennsylvania for a long weekend. And they just played and, and laughed and just, you know, we're just doing what people, what kids do in the snow and having a great time. And he saw the effect that it had on the family and the brothers and sisters and decided he wanted to do that for more kids. And that's how it all started. Well, and he also saw the effect as he's working at this hospital, he would see that there were brothers and sisters who were doing their homework in the lobby of the hospital while mom and dad were there with the child who was sick, or there were like families that they spent so much time at the hospital. So he saw firsthand yep. how a diagnosis could affect the entire family. So 
I, I just, I think it's incredible that one person decided he was going to do something to make a difference. And by him doing that, by him making that step, then this entire foundation was born. This entire idea was born. Um, it is a national foundation, so it answers these these wishes of all these children. How many? How many? Do you know how many wishes you guys have granted yes, since, since it started? Uh, yeah, since 1976, we are past the 40,000 mark. Uh, last wow. year, we welcomed our 40,000th dreamer wow. from uh, Washington, and her dream. And that all started because of one person. Yep. And actually, so, the whole wish granting movement started because of Bill Sample. You know, he was the very first one, and and all the other ones came after us that saw what what we were doing and decided, you know, to make the other organizations. So some of some of the others may be, you know, more well known, but they actually followed in the steps exactly. of you know Bill to kind of follow that. You know, I think. I first got involved with the Sunshine Foundation. I was teaching middle school in um, in the local area where the village is located. And I had an after-school club called the Change the World Club. And I was trying to teach middle schoolers that if each of us does something to change the world, then we can make a difference. Um, and I honestly believe that. I, I truly, truly believe that if each one of us, you know, does something, it may be something in our local community, it may be something in our state, it may be something in our nation, it may be something, you know, global. But we tried to find ways that these middle schoolers, even though they may be sixth graders or seventh graders or eighth graders, something they could do that would make a difference in the life of others. And I thought the Sunshine Foundation was such a great fit for for teaching that lesson to these kids because Bill was one person and because of him reaching out you know you said he and his friends came together and made Bobby's dream come true and then other people got involved and other people got involved and other people got involved and it's really each each person making an effort whether that's volunteering to do the laundry at the village whether that's volunteering to to cut the grass at the village whether that's sending paper towels through Amazon whether that's having you know a corporate group who comes out and, and does a day of power washing or whether that's you know no matter what it is whether that's having a golf tournament for a fundraiser that each of those people is making a choice to change the life of someone else and I think that's a very very powerful lesson I do believe that um, one person may not be able to change the whole world, but one person can make an effort to change one person's world, you know? And so I really think, I think the Sunshine Foundation is a, is a phenomenal organization. I wish more people would, would get involved. I wish more people would support it. I wish more people knew about it. I think it's one of the, unfortunately, the best kept secrets, um, in our, in our nonprofit world, you know? So, Rich, I want to be very cognizant of your time. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me today. Thanks for telling me more about the Sunshine Foundation. And, and thanks for what you do. Like, I know this is your job, but it's still, um, I think it's a very cool job. And I know firsthand that you're very dedicated and very passionate about making these lives better. And so thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. And I appreciate the time to talk with you and just share our, our mission with anybody that we can. So thank you. Why don't you give us the website one more time so people can find out like more information if they're interested. It's www.sunshinefoundation.org. Okay. All right. And that's got all the information if people want to volunteer, if people want to donate, if they want to find out more about um, kids that are currently receiving their wishes or have in the past. Yep. And it also has information about the gala and the date again for the gala was October 13th. That's correct. 
Okay, awesome. Rich, thank you so much. Um, for everybody else, thank you for listening. This is an open dialogue with Violet Howe and Tadra Candle. Tadra is still out of town, so Violet's still winging it um, with awesome guests like Rich. And if you would like to contact us, if you have any questions for us, if you have any comments, or you'd like to ask us to cover future topics, you can email us at anopendialogue at gmail.com. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to my guest, Rich, and we'll see you next week. Bye.